Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. And welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And this is Joe Oltman. And, and today we us. have special guests, <laughs> Mr. Ahead. Bill Redman, former Congressman Bill Redman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Well, you're not going to thank me. So, you oh, thank yeah. Joe, too. <laughs> he always yeah. thanks Max. What is all well, this? Joe was okay, like, I even oh, had Joe a note. Like, <laughs> yeah, thank Joe. Yeah. Uh, Joe, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a little bit of fun here, but, you know, you can't always give Max. Why is, always Max, why is he such a big head? See how big his head is? Yeah, you know, I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that. You know, uh, <laughs> it's his ego. As yeah, Josh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh oh, yeah. just said, it's his ego. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. he's kidding around, Max. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm 100 percent joking. Just, uh, as soon as I get a real studio, we'll have a little bit more space. And we'll oh. Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well at least so, he doesn't. He doesn't have to uh, like leave the room to change his mind. He's got enough space there. He does. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. We're, but we're so just lots of people have been though. asking. Lots of people have been asking for this for a long time. People have been, since the election, been saying, how do we fix this? How do we fight back? How do we change the country? This is the show where we're actually going to walk through that. So everyone hit that share button if you haven't already. We're going to be telling you to do this throughout. Hit the share button, like, and manually share this with people because today's topic is very simple. How to run for office as a Christian conservative. Um, this is, this is so a big we, deal. This is a big deal. It is. You know, we, we so, haven't, it, why did it take us so long? Why did it take us so long to find good people out there or give us a tool that gives people the ability to say, okay, I want to run for office. I want to contribute. I want to do something in my own community. I want to get past the part where people say, hey, you, I, I don't have any, I have no experience. And then we look around and we go, well, neither do they. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you're an ex-congressman. So I, I'm saying this to you like, you had experience. I, and I'm repentant. <laughs> I, I'm repentant too. So. <laughs> so, Bill, we usually at the start of these, we let people, whoever's our guest, explain who they are, tell their story a little bit so our audience can, can get to know you. And then we'll dive into this course, this organization and what it's all about. So we'll, we'll hand over the floor to you. Tell everyone your story. Sure, sure. Well, again, uh, thank you, Joe, and uh, thank you, Max. <laughs> uh, um, I'm uh, Bill Redmond, a former congressman, uh, uh, and, and a lot of people they, they they think the Congress is both in their state and also in Washington, but but that that's that is that's due to not understanding how our government is structured. Yeah, uh, Congress is uh, D.C. Uh, I didn't serve in Santa Fe, uh, my my home state, in New Mexico. Uh, grew up in Chicago um, on the South Side, uh, large family and uh, seven kids. Um, I'm number six, uh, went away to college and encountered Christ in a Bible study. Oh, wow. uh, I had been religious, but uh, until I read the book of John myself and began to see what the Lord was saying to me, uh, I, uh, for the first time as a college student, uh, committed my life to Christ. And and uh, I didn't know at that particular time that that uh, Jesus is Lord of all. There's no, there's no human endeavor that Jesus is not Lord of that endeavor. 
endeavor. And we need to uh, take those gifts that he's given us to pursue that endeavor and offer those things back to him as worship. And that includes politics. There, there's no, there's nothing in Christ's universe that is exempt from bringing it under the Lordship of Christ and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so uh, went, uh, I was originally in a political science uh, accounting background at the university. And then uh, um, after understanding that Christianity is not just something in my heart, it has to be something in my head, uh, because uh, I'm, I'm supposed to love the Lord, the God, our God, with our whole mind as well, began to pursue what, you know, what does the scripture say? What does it mean for the world in which we live? What does it mean for our country? What does it mean for my life? And uh, went to uh, Lincoln Christian uh, College, which is now Lincoln Christian University, and also in the seminary, in the graduate school, I picked up a, a master's in uh, philosophy and theology, um, and the focus of my research was biblical worldview studies and philosophy of science, um, uh, and uh, then moved to New Mexico, and we started a study group at Los Alamos National Laboratory with scientists who were Christian, uh, that they were doing their science divorced from a biblical worldview, and we helped them to see that science comes under the Lordship of Christ, just as everything else does, and, and uh, we won. Uh, some uh, uh, naturalists to uh, to the Lord uh, through that ministry, and in, in the middle of that, I felt that the Lord was calling me to run for Congress, and I uh, I ran in 1996 against uh, uh, former uh, Congressman and Governor uh, Bill Richardson. He'd gone on to, on to be Ambassador of the United Nations, and it created an open seat, and uh, because of two years' experience of campaigning and losing. I then knew how to win, and I won that special election. And uh, uh, the listeners probably won't know this, but I'm the guy that cast the deciding vote for the uh, balanced budget resolution that gave all parents that 500 and later $1,000 tax credit. So when you're doing your taxes in preparation for May 15th, and if you're going to be checking the box for one, two, or three kiddos, yeah. I'm the guy that did that. And, oh, really? Uh, Newt, Newt held the vote because he could not get it passed until until I arrived uh, from the special election. Um, so uh, um, I do work with Chinese pastors, and I say the same thing to them. And if, if all they do is imitate the American church, then uh, even if communism went away in China, uh, they will be on the brink of uh, um, uh, uh, cultural collapse, just like the American church in America is today. So. That you know what I find absolutely amazing. And my friend Mark Siljander was a congressman from Michigan, and uh, he said that when he got out of Congress, he always had faith. He always followed the teachings of Jesus, but his faith never it did not grow until he left Congress. Mm -hmm. He said that it was unbelievable how he felt like he was in a vacuum, and then when he was out of that office. He felt like somewhere along the line, the vacuum just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, for, for me, the experience was a little different because when I got there, I was already grounded in a biblical worldview yeah. and I could see uh, fellow Christians. Uh, let me give you an example. We, we, this is one of the examples that we have in the training that there was a, a Christian uh, um, 
fir- you know, uh, firmly committed to Christ, and we had a we had a vote on the floor, and it was something like parental notification if your teenage daughter gets you know uh, has an abortion. It wasn't even uh, permission; it was just notification. And this Christian voted against it, and uh, um, so I went over to this colleague and I said, "I see you voted, you know, uh, you know, pro abortion as opposed to uh, pro life." And and uh, her response to me was, "Well, Bill, you you have to remember that we." Um, uh, that when we come to Congress, we're supposed to leave our faith outside. And no, so, we're so, not. So, so then I asked her. I said, I said, well, you know, what, what's uh, what's the the faith statement of the Declaration of Independence? And she said, well, we hold these truths that all men are created equal. And I said, uh, I, well, I guess you brought your faith with you to Congress. You're just selective as to which faith you bring inside. Oh. <laughs> And so, shots fired. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> so, so yeah, we we need to look at it in a holistic way, and there's uh, and, and never be ashamed of Christ or the biblical worldview. Speak the truth in love, and put the information out there. Look, you don't so, you don't have to agree. You don't, you don't have to agree, but you go to Congress to represent the people, Americans, and I think that is where the you know somewhere along the line maybe there's a class that that new freshman congressmen go through that's like hey listen i know you're here and the people elected you but it's time for you not to actually represent the people see we have this thing called lobbyists and then after lobbyists we have our agenda so if you could just study these two things the lobbyists and the agenda they're going to tell you what's best for the american people i feel like that's what's happening especially right now yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and that has happened to a certain degree you know uh that's why it's called lobbying is they used to grab the representatives in the lobby and uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, try to pay them off in order to get you know to vote a certain way, and and um, uh, they and uh, that that also happened with me. There were people that wanted to persuade me with campaign contributions, and and I said, I live my life for an audience of one, and it's not you. But they they test you. They do. They, te- they, they test you to see if if you can be on their side, so they can get rid of you if you're not. That's correct. And so these same lobbyists that want to pad your pocket will be the same lobbyists try to get rid of you. That's it's right. It's a corrupt system. That's right. And, and they'll know. give they'll give it to both candidates. Right. They'll give both yeah. candidates. Yeah. Uh, in hopes that the person that gets in becomes their new best friend. That's right. That's right. right. And see, and see, uh, you know, Joe, that points to why we did this training was that you know, if a person doesn't arrive in Congress with a biblical worldview, the probability of getting one once they arrive is pretty is pretty yeah. minimal. Yeah. So that's why we embed the biblical worldview on the front end of the training so that they understand what government's all about from from God's perspective, right. and that they make a commitment to that, and then we'll tell them how to buy their bumper stickers and raise money. Yeah. Huh. So a lot to take in. Now, I, I want to say this. We, we've, you know, we, we started this organization called FEC United, right? We started in Colorado. We're growing to other parts of the, of the country. I've been doing an amazing amount of research on what it takes to actually run for office. And we've had a massive influence in Colorado. I will tell you, the massive influence we've had in Colorado has included me alienating myself from the rhinos and the establishment. I, I have not been their friend. Matter of fact, the uh, Colorado chair, D- GOP chair, um, who did work with FEC, once she became the chair of the Colorado GOP, decided that we, we, you know, one of the chapters actually said, hey, will you come speak? And she's like, no, I can't come speak because, you know, Joe has uh, drawn a line in the sand with, with other people in the party down in El Paso County, which I thought was absurd. Just showed me that, that again, we're, we're dealing with you know, more of this establishment trying to say what the rules are. And frankly, when you draw those lines in the sand for me, all you do is fortify me to say, okay, time to get rid of, now I just check that box, get rid of all of these people. 
right? And do everything to protect the, the American people. And so as we started looking at the, the policy and politics and how we actually fortify, we started asking people to run for certain offices. But it's hard. It is hard. It and then is they go, hard. well, I'm going to run for office. And I'm like, great, go, go fill that form out. What form? I don't know. Do some research. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> you don't know where. You don't know how to do yeah, it. You how, don't do you, know, how, yeah. do you, how do you get started? And that's that's what this training is all about. Is that uh, uh, you know the experience that I had for federal elections uh, and training uh, candidates in eleven states yeah. uh, when I was with uh, uh, Citizen Link, which was the political arm of Focus on the Family. Many yeah. people are familiar with Citizen Link, and and uh, we've had candidates at one. Uh, we've got over eighty candidates that uh, we supported behind the scenes and and uh, uh, had victories uh, with them. And so uh, this material is tried and true and it helps people, you know, we're gonna have checklists there. You know, th these are the things that you need to check off and you need to learn before you, you put your shoes on before you go running. All too often, uh, you know, Christians, you know, they go off half cocked and, and they think they're gonna win and, and you know, there's more, more heat and, and not an action than what there is thought that goes behind it. And uh, um, as one of my uh, former colleagues used to say, you know, stupid for Jesus is still stupid and 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 candidates christians we we need to glorify god by thinking through a cogent campaign plan to victory so that the time and resources that the candidate is 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 uh, um uh, is using up and all of his donors and volunteers all that time and effort needs to be towards a towards a victory so bill you mentioned the christian worldview Explain a little bit about what that is, what that means, and why it's so important, not just to to be in Congress and have a Christian worldview, but to run for office with that Christian worldview. Right. Okay. So, uh, uh, biblical worldview—that is the worldview that display that displaced the political structure of the Roman Empire. That's how powerful this worldview is. And, and it was the biblical worldview that as it began to mature in the minds of Christians in Europe, uh, it began to lay down principles that came out of the scripture, um, you know, and, and, and that's, that's why our, our government is structured the way that it is. For instance, people say, well, we have three branches of government balance power. And so my question is why? Well, the founders answered that, and they said because everybody occupying every seat in three three branches of, of government, they're all sinners. And and because sin and evil is going to enter the process at some particular time, that there, that 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 if there's multiple checks and balances, that perhaps evil will not take over the system and be tyrannical over the people. And so, so when we talk about a biblical worldview, we're talking about a worldview that is that is manifested in the Scripture that starts off in the beginning, God. There's nothing other than God. God is there. He speaks. The creation comes into being. And, and in the context of the creation, he creates a, a creature like him, made in his image and li uh, likeness, both male and female. And there are institutions that he puts into place, such as the family, such as the church. And government is instituted uh, by God. And the founders had it right, because in the Declaration of Independence, they said that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed not by the government, but by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. That's what Paul was getting at in Romans 13, the power of the sword. 
that, that God has given the government the power of the sword to constrain evil, not to participate or initiate evil. And, and so, so, so the, if, if, we don't, if we don't have a biblical worldview in the minds where our leaders think, in the hearts where they decide, and how they live their lives out in our political structures, we're going to see evil advance as opposed to evil, evil constraint. And so there, there, and we, we cover with this, there's two basically uh, uh, worldviews uh, that are in conflict with each other right now, and 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 um, uh, there's there's the Christian worldview that says that that you know ultimate reality is personal. The other worldview is a naturalistic worldview, and we cover this in the training. Naturalist worldview says that that there is no God. Guess what? We're in charge. Uh, the political uh, left says, well, uh, we're in charge as a collective, and the political right says, well, I'm in charge as an individual. But in both cases, that's idolatry. It doesn't matter whether you have a person that says, I'm the final authority in my life, or a group that says that you know we're the final authority in the universe and in the country. Both of those are idolatry, and it doesn't matter. And, 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 and Joe, this is, this is what you were getting at, and, and thank you for bringing it up, that when we look at all parties, we're going to find naturalists in all parties. And that, that it doesn't matter whether they're Democrat or Republican, if they have a naturalistic worldview, in the end, they're going to betray the principles of this country that says that it's the creator that gave the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to pursue happiness, and that their governing authority exists for the purpose of, of securing for each individual that which came from the hand of the creator. So, and not just that. Not just that, it keeps going that when government becomes destructive to those ends, it is the obligation yes. of the people to dismantle it, not not to like hope that they'll be nice to us again, like hope and pray that it'll get better. It's the right of the people, obligation of the people to dismantle it and to implement a new government. That's right. Um, that's the part that, that the left always seems to forget. Um, they think that they have this this total grasp on power, no matter how destructive they become. There's nothing they can do, which is we talk about on the show a lot. I, I firmly believe Joe does as well, that we are closer to a civil war now than we, than we were at this have. time last year. Yeah. And, and it's terrifying. It terrifies me. Right. It, which it is does. why I think you, your course is so important, because if we're going to try and hit that fail safe and not get to that point. Absolutely. Everyone needs to make a concerted effort to do everything they can to change the government before so, we have to dismantle it. So, so I want to say this and I'm going to challenge our listeners right now. When we talk about Eric Coomer, when we talk about things with Dominion, when we talk about the things that are wrong with our country, obviously I get on this, get in this righteous anger. And I've, I've been unapologetic about the things that I say. What we're talking about right now, what, what Bill Redmond is talking about right now, this program, it, it's like taking a class. This is as important as all the information and truth that we actually share about Dominion, about the border wall, about the things that um, Pino Biden is, is saying and doing, you need to share this. You need to hit the share button. You can't have all of these people that sit here and watch this and not share it. You have to share it, hit the share button, hit the share button, contribute you to the fact that you can actually put truth out there. How do you know the people that are actually engaging with you don't need to hear this? And we can't have a conversation where we're, we're getting deep into societal problems and, and the solution, which is you, you running for office, you can run for office. Like I have a skeleton in my closet. We all do. You can still run for office, right? But you can't figure out who actually has the bandwidth to run for office if you don't share truth. 
So I constantly say that I, that the amount of people watching this sh- should be, I, I understand they're throttling us. I understand that you're going to have trouble on the page because they're going to try and do everything they can to stop the video from coming through. It's going to get fuzzy. It's going to buffer. I get it. But you still have to do your part to try and bring people to the page. We can't just say, ah, it doesn't work for me when I do it. Guys, this is an important topic. This is a very, very, very important topic. Take it seriously. Yeah. If you want to solve so this, the, you want to solve this problem. Here on the screen, we have it. Yeah. We have the the screen for this course. Um, the link is in the description. I'm posting it in the comments as well. It's runforoffice.training forward slash cd. Yeah. If you want to check it out, we'll, we'll be featuring this over the next few months. Really good. We're gonna. Me and Joe are both gonna take the course and and and, and take it and experience it firsthand. But it's really interesting stuff. And and this is. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a running for office for dummies kind of book where it's not that everyone's dummies, but I say this on the podcast all the time. Ignorance is not a bad word. Ignorance is just the absence of education. We're all ignorant about things until we are educated and we learn what we don't know. And for all of us, we we probably will go into this with our own preconceived notion of how running for office works. And I I know that a lot of those preconceived preconceptions are going to be busted into a million pieces. But uh, we don't know what we don't know, and you don't real you won't know how powerful your voice is until you realize your full potential. Which is why I'm so excited. We don't partner with lots of organizations, but I'm very excited to partner with you guys on this. It, it, it's going to be really fun. And and it's not it's not very expensive. No, it's it's, it's, it's not, not it's it, not. And and here's the thing: you're supporting someone that can actually that has been in the fight before, that has won elections, that has been in the process, and understands what it takes to win. Look, what it takes to win is not, hey, follow party lines. Don't just don't do this. Don't do what uh, Cory Gardner did and say, oh, the place is purple. We just got to be nice and stay on it. And no, you have to be courageous. You have to stand for your principles. You have people have to know they can trust you when you get to Washington. You're not going to get amnesia and forget everything that you made promises to do when you got there. What we need is more Lauren Boebert's. What we need is more uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens. What we need is more Jim Jordans. That's what we need. If we filled Congress with people like that, America would be a different place. If we got rid of the state GOPs that got involved and decided, ah, well, we really don't want to be that. Uh, yeah, we can't come down and support you, Joe, because you know you made someone mad. You actually, you divided us because you didn't want to, you didn't want to be nice to these people who don't want election integrity. Oh, that's, that's what we have to have. We have to have you. Yeah, that's biblical principle. It's mm-hmm. interesting that the uh, religious left and the political left, they'll say, oh, we have to go to the book of Amos in the Old Testament where it talks about social justice and yeah. and, and and taking care of the poor. I said, well, while you're there, take a look at the that, that one of the reasons that that God sent them into um, uh, into exile was not only because they didn't take care of the poor, as important as that is, however, number one, 
the topsin was idolatry. Okay, right. And, and and which, by the way, when when somebody rejects God, uh, God's existence, uh, the Bible doesn't call that philosophy. They call that idolatry. Right. And so we 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 the 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 political and social and academic left has been you know they they there there's idolatry in their worldviews. It's based on the worldview of naturalism, and instead of preachers calling it as it is as idolatry. So now we know what we're dealing with. If you call it something else, you don't know what you're dealing with. Right. And it ha- it ha- it has it has to be identified, but but one of the key things uh that that applies to elections is that one of the reasons that God sent them into slavery is that they didn't have just weights. They were false about the weights, and when you have an election and the and 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 the count at the end is an unjust inaccurate count that that is just like just weights and that's a sin before god yeah well and it shows you just how evil our societies become when they let it happen they let they have no courage they have no constitution they they don't understand that the voice of the american people if it's subverted means that that's tyranny that's the definition of tyranny that's the definition of communism that's the definition of a nazi regime i'm sorry that's what it is when the, when the people don't have a voice then you have a dictator, and that's what we have now. We have the we the equivalent of a dictatorship that's actually ruling over us in yeah. our country. Yeah. Yeah. But, so Ronald Reagan had um, that famous biblical um, line from from the Bible that America should be that city upon a hill, right? And whenever I envision it, I envision it almost as a lighthouse. America is that lighthouse shining out to the world, but I don't know whether the boats are coming or going. So, Bill, is the United States coming or going? Are we on the rise or are we on the decline right now? I think at this particular point that there's been aspects of our culture that have been on the uh, the decline since about the, uh, uh, the the top of the 20th century, and people don't realize this. They uh, they think that well, you know, everything started uh, you know uh, to collapse when uh, the Beatles showed up and and Elvis showed up on the Ed Sullivan Show, you know, and and that was the beginning of the decline. Um, I had a conversation with my father many years ago. I asked him what it was like, you know, uh, when he was in high school, and he said, well, all of our teachers were communists. And I thought, well, dad, why didn't you tell me this when you, when I was a kid, you know? Um, and, and I, I probed him and, and my, my father was a tool and die maker and he went to a school on the South side of Chicago called Tilden tech. And that's where he learned how to make machines. In fact, there are things that like, for instance, the whipped cream can that shows up in many refrigerators. My father was the first man in the world to cut the first set of dies on that. And, 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 and however, when he, he was born in 1917 and during the 1930s, was in high school and by the time of the 1930s all of the shop teachers and all the teachers that were teaching the men the 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 high school boys how to build machines and work in factories the factory or the schools were already infiltrated in the 1930s pushing people uh, students to become communists so that they can go into the factories and they could basically take over the factories and turn them into communal uh, uh, communi- communist movements like yeah. like Mao did with the farms the farms in China. And so I asked my dad and I said, well, why didn't you become a communist? And, and I won't say it real clearly on the uh, the, the program here because uh, children might be listening. And, and my father's response was, I looked at what we had and I looked at what they had and they, they don't have anything. Why would I want to be 
Why would I want to be a communist when I, you know, they don't have a roof over their heads. They don't have a, a truck with a snowplow on the front of it. They have to go out there each with their own shovel to remove the snow. Right. That, that the advances that came in the world came from the scientific enterprise that was born in the cradle of, a, of Christian thinking. And so what happens is that science got hijacked. Uh, the economy is getting hijacked. Politics is getting hijacked. Uh, um, and uh, academics is getting hijacked. Everything that the, the biblical worldview that has created to expand the prosperity and wealth, not just for America, but for the world, for the world that what's happened is that this naturalistic worldview, all it can do is, uh, is, is steal and destroy. And that's, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the, the people from the naturalistic worldview that, that, that they're stealing and destroying what was created from biblical worldview. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna say it again because I keep saying it, I want you guys to know this. We're not talking about the problems right now. We're not talking about what's happening right now. We're talking about a solution. We're literally sitting here talking about a solution. Guys, listen to me. You're the solution. You keep asking me. People ask me every time. They sent me text messages and emails and instant messages. And man, if you knew how many messages I got in a given day, it's probably, well, in, in, in April, it was 7,800. Mm. <laughs> 7,800 messages that I had to respond to. right? But they keep saying, Joe, what can I do? What can I do? So then I put something in front of them and I go, you can run for office. They go, oh no, what else can I do? <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, anything else I can do? Can I, can, I, uh, can I bake you a cake? Joe, can I bake you a cake? I, I make really good ribs. Joe, I will send you some ribs. Max is like, please send me ribs. But when you start talking about running for office, you don't even want to open Pandora's box. You have people that don't want to open it up. You also don't want to share things that have to do with Jesus, share things that have to do with God. Some people do. Most people stay away from that stuff in their, in their lives on a daily basis because they've been influenced by others that say that they you know, are a believer, right? They're a Christian, conservative, and they don't live their life that way. They, I call that the live your life, do whatever you want Monday through Saturday and ask for forgiveness on Sunday. And, and I would tell you, Listen, this is the hard conversation to have. You want to know what you can do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Run for office. And, and if you don't run for office right now, at least learn how to run for office. At least learn how and the things that you need to do in order to make that a possibility. Serve your country. People say, oh, I served in the military or I didn't serve in the military. You can serve your country by serving in office. You can. Police officers serve their country. And, and, and by helping people serve, right? Yeah. Not everyone has to be the name on the ticket. Lots of people need volunteers. Lots of people need campaign managers, yeah. um, fundraisers. There's lots yeah. of ways to get good people elected without necessarily even having to put your name on the ticket, which is uh, why I think this course is, is exciting because a lot of people say, well, I don't want to run for office. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that yeah. there's someone yeah. in your community who, who does. And if you don't want to be the one who runs, you got to help them. Yeah. 
Hey, hey, Joe. There's a story in the scripture, and everybody, everybody that's a Christian that's listening uh, to the program, they're they're going to remember this story. But I'm going to give it just a little bit of a different twist. Remember when the Apostle Paul he was in Damascus, and there was oh. a threat on his life, and they had to get him out of the city. So they put him in a basket, they tied ropes around it, and yeah. they led him outside the wall. Yeah. Okay, and he survived to preach another day, yeah. and completely transformed Europe with the with the epistles that he sent to the churches right. and brought down. The, 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 the Roman Empire, mm -hmm. and, and, and God allowed him to be set free to go do that. But you know what? We forget the fact that there were, there were men on the ropes that let him out. And so what I tell people, I say, get in the basket or get on the ropes. Yeah. Get in the basket or get on the ropes. If you're not going to be the guy in the basket that God's going to set free to do some awesome things for our country and for his kingdom, if you're not going to be in the basket, well, then you need to be on the ropes helping that person accomplish what God's called them to accomplish. And, and you have to do so unselfishly. Absolutely. You have to, you have to do, so, do so with the understanding that, hey, it, it might become a thankless job. Yep. I can promise you right now, my, my job has been thankless. Yeah. <laughs> Max doesn't ever thank me. And... <laughs> oh, he did actually no, once. You. Yeah, but but my point is, people don't people don't realize the sacrifices that you have to make. No, they don't. But you got to be willing to make those sacrifices. I think one of the most, uh, uh, one of the biggest things that I saw that that rattled my cage is when I read when I read Martin Luther King's uh, letter that he wrote in the Birmingham, Alabama jail in 1963. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, in, in this letter, and I, I'm going to read it, just a small section of it if I can. And, and this is one that I talk about quite often. There's a part in here that could be today. I mean, it literally could be something that would happen right now. Like we would, we would actually, uh, it's as, as if he wrote this, I don't know, a year ago, mm -hmm. six months ago. Max, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've right. read it a bunch of times on the show. I'm, I'm going to read it again. Here we go. All right. So this is near the bottom or the end of the letter. There was a time when the church was very powerful. In the time when the early Christians rejoiced at being deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed in. In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. Whenever the early Christians entered a town, the people in power became disturbed and immediately sought to convict the Christians for being, quote unquote, disturbers of the peace and, quote, outside agitators. But the Christians pressed on in the conviction that they were a, quote, unquote, a colony of heaven called to obey God rather than man. Small in numbers, they were big in commitment. They were too God intoxicated to be astronomically intimidated. By their effort and example, they brought an end to such ancient evils as infanti infanticide and gladiatorial contest. Things are different now. So often the contemporary church is a weak, ineffectual voice with an uncertain sound. So often it is the arch defender of the status quo. Far from being disturbed by the presence of the church, the power structures of the average community are consoled by the church's silence and often even vocal sanction of things as they are. But the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. If today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authenticity, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. 
Every day I meet young people whose disappointment with the church has turned into outright disgust. And that's a powerful, that's, that's a powerful message. That's, that it's powerful. It's super powerful. And I keep coming back to it. And I come back to it because as I, as I read the thing, as I read the things that he wrote, and somebody just said that Joe, sorry, King was a communist, maybe, but that doesn't make what he said any less important for us when we start looking at the influence of having God in our society. It doesn't make it any less influential. It doesn't make it any less uh, uh, true of what he actually said. And I believe that the church has been infiltrated as well, just as well as politics. Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in, in fact, Joe, I, I've said for more than a decade now that that uh, if and when American culture collapses, that that God on Judgment Day is going to call American preachers to the front and he's going to lay the responsibility, the collapse of America at the feet of the preachers because be, because they did not proclaim a biblical worldview that encompassed the lordship of Jesus over every domain, including yeah. the political. The preachers have been silent, and some preachers have, have even gone beyond that in, in, in terms of advocating and supporting it. Yeah. You, 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 you may not know the, uh, this particular name, but the, uh, and I'm going I'm to identify a, a preacher of history, and uh, his name was uh, 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 Pastor Martin Niemuller, and yeah. he was in Germany, and, and many of the, the listeners and viewers, they're going to uh, know this particular quote. Uh, uh, Martin Niemöller, uh, he said uh, uh, regarding Hitler, he said, well, um, when they came for the Catholics, I wasn't Catholic, so I didn't speak up. Right. Um, uh, they came for the Jews, and uh, I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't speak up. They came for the communists, I, uh, and I wasn't a communist, so I didn't speak up. They came for the trade unionists, and, and uh, I was not a trade unionist, and I did not speak up. And, and he said, now they're here for me, and there's no one left to speak up. Right. Okay, so there's more to the story. It's kind of like a Paul Harvey thing. Right. Well, 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 exactly who was Martin Niemöller? Well, he actually went to prison, both, uh, uh, there, there, I believe, Dachau and maybe uh, Sachsenhausen. There were two prison camps that he suffered in, but he didn't get there uh, uh, early on. Early on, he voted not once but twice for Adolf Hitler. And here you have a member of the clergy, a preacher in the pulpit that yeah. could, that did not know the biblical worldview and the lordship of Jesus over every domain of reality. And because he didn't have a biblical worldview, he could not fight the naturalistic worldview that, he'll, that had infiltrated the theology of the church for more than 50 years in Germany. People say that there were economic reasons for, the, for, for World War I and World War II. The, the reasons were not economic. The problems with economics were the result of the loss of a biblical worldview in Europe. It was it was that loss of of, of seeing reality for, with with a Christian perspective, and so so what happened was that he did not understand the biblical worldview of lordship of Jesus overall, and he did not understand a naturalistic worldview that would inevitably lead to institutions such as concentration camps. And it wasn't until after he got out of prison that he, that he made that quote. We need preachers and Christians today yeah. that a understand a biblical worldview and the lordship of Jesus over all of reality and campaign and govern all along those principles and B, understand that the naturalistic worldview as it comes down, whether it's through education, corporations, Congress, it doesn't matter where that naturalistic worldview shows up. That's not a philosophy. 
that's an idolatry. We need to deal with it as idolatry. In a loving spirit yeah. and speaking the truth in love, as as Martin Luther King did in this particular, he you know all all men have sin in their background. Hundred percent. You and 100%. me, and and even Max. I mean, he looks innocent right there in the screen, but you know even even Max. But 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 the point yeah. is is that when a human being speaks truth, we need to pay attention to truth no matter where they came from. Right. And, well, that and, that quote from Niemöller is great, as you as you meant you mentioned that he he supported Hitler. Um, what a lot of people don't know is he wasn't just a Hitler supporter; he was an anti-Semite. Yes. So, like, when when he has that quote after the war, and he's like, "I didn't, uh, I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't stand up for the Jews." He was very anti-Semitic. Now he says he wasn't for the death camps, but he wasn't just someone who got caught up in it. He that had infected his own church as well. Um, so it. it, it it's a great redemption story, right? Like coming coming to terms with with mistakes of the past, but it, it also shows how something like that can infect clergy. It, it can infect churches, and while they didn't necessarily write the final solution, they were very helpful in in, in leading to that, in, in which is why it's so it. important for the church to do the right thing. Well, and and, and this gets this gets down to I'm gonna, I'm just gonna uh, I'll say it that we I have some friends that are pastors. And I'm going to plug them on the show today because uh, I think I can. Uh, one in uh, El Paso County, uh, down in Colorado Springs, right. um, Garrett Gopner, uh, Gropner, sorry, sorry, Garrett. He uh, has Fervent Church down in in uh, um, Colorado Springs with his wife Bethany. They're amazing people. They always speak truth. Always speak truth. As hard as that truth might be to hear, they always speak truth. Always. Right, and then Mike, um, Paul Hemus up here at the Rock Church, always speaks truth. Now I'm sure there's lots that uh, that also speak truth, but they talk about the things that are really difficult conversations, stuff that makes you uncomfortable, makes you want to squirm in your chair a little bit. But understanding that if you don't have those hard conversations, if you're not willing to stand up, if you're not willing to have courage, and be a a, a leader, a leader, a spiritual leader among men and women families. Our country will fall. I believe we are at that place right now that is the same as World War II. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, oh, oh, go ahead. No, it's the evil. We're, we're dealing with an, an ultimate amount of evil. Right. And we have to defeat that evil. I believe that in World War II, we defeated that evil. Right. But remember, I'm going to say this. This is hard for me to say. But the Pope had a pact with Adolf Hitler. At a meeting with Adolf Hitler, said, "Hey, leave us alone." Right? He had to make he had to make a deal with the devil. And Adolf Hitler was the devil. But it's not just Adolf Hitler. He was just a, he was just a symbol of that evil. Right, right. We have symbols of that evil today, in our society. Right, right, right. And as people, we've got to start rising up. People in political office, we got to start rising people up, in our churches, and we got to support people who ha- or have strength that have courage. And I just don't believe we do that enough. Right. We want to show when we go to church. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Right. Entertain me, please. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, and 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 one of one of the things that uh, um, uh, that that is missed by even preachers today, uh, especially in in the evangelical churches churches, because there's a a rapid growth inside evangelical churches of moving towards what is referred to as uh, um, uh, um, social justice or mm-hmm. uh, uh, ideological social justice, but mostly it goes by the term social justice. Um, and 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 what what pastors 
pastors don't understand is that, um, you know, the old, old time pastors used to say, you know, God's work, God's way for God's blessing. And what's happening is that they want to do God's work of helping the poor and, and, and uh, uh, eliminate racism. But, uh, oh, by the way, we, we, we need for the teachings of Karl Marx to inform Jesus and the gospel as to how we're going to communicate this. Well, that happened on uh, Mount Carmel when, uh, you know, the 450 prophets of, uh, of Baal, that, that those 450 prophets, they weren't Canaanites. They were right. Jewish people that, right. had, that thought that they could do the Passover on, you know, one day of the year, and then they can do the Baal stuff the other day, you know, all the other days of the year. Yeah. That they were trying to mix two different worldviews, two different deities together, and God said, I'm not going to tolerate, there's no God beside me. And one of the things that, that uh, um, you know, that, that in the training, we state very clearly that God exists and he has acted in time and space and history and he has a message for people, people, people today. And so inside evangelical churches is, is that pastors, because they don't understand a biblical worldview and they don't understand where the social justice worldview comes from, they are sitting in the seat of Martin Niemuller and they're repeating the mistake that took place uh, uh, many years ago, and, and Joe, you are right on in that we are standing on the same precipice as where where Europe was on the on on, on the eve of World War II. Yeah. So right. let, let's go to my screen, Josh. I, I'm going. Th I'm looking through the course a little bit, and I see this quote from you, and it's the line for such a time as this. Talk to us about that because I, I see this coming up in a lot in the literature that you gave us to kind of prep for it on the page. Why is this such an important time for people to go through this course and to step out of their comfort zone and to get involved in politics, either as a candidate or, or in helping on a campaign? Sure, sure. Well, well, of course, uh, you know, many people are going to uh, recognize that as a uh, passage from Esther. And uh, if there's a viewer or listener that is not familiar with that, uh, I'll just say very briefly that uh, there was a treacherous person inside uh, the uh, um, the administration of uh, of a uh, pagan emperor, and uh, that uh, that bureaucrat wanted to destroy the Jewish people and uh, put the knife and the sword to uh, every man, woman, and child uh, that was uh, within the realm. And um, uh, however, Esther, who was a Jewish woman, uh, was uh, um, you know, a wife of the emperor, and uh, uh, she had received the message that, uh, you know, that this particular treacherous person inside the administration wants to kill all of us, and only you have access to the to the emperor who can stop that and so uh, she risked her life to go and stand before the emperor because the law of the kingdom uh, of the empire was that you don't you know you don't go in to see the emperor unless he calls you well she went in without being called and with a lot of guts, more guts than many politicians today, she took her life, you know, uh, she risked her life to stand, to break the law, to stand before the emperor and, and uh, basically, um, you know, saved the Jewish people in the kingdom at the time. Uh, and, and her uncle who was involved in that transaction, he told her, he said um, that, you know, that maybe God put you in the court of this emperor for 
such a time as this. Now, God could have had me be born during the Civil War, and he could have maybe had you be born sometime after this, but this is the period in which we're born. I'm not going to be held accountable for not dealing with the slavery issue uh, you know, in, in the United States or, or the British Empire during the uh, 18th and 19th centuries, but I will be held accountable for the uh, the genocide that's taking place with unborn children in, in, in the world today. 100%. Uh, you see? And, and and so, you know, many of these people say, well, if I were alive during slavery, I'd said, well, where are you in the abortion issue? Well, that's a that's a yeah. individual choice. Excuse me, you know, that that when we when, earlier when we talked about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, notice the sequence in which the, those occur. It, it's difficult to pursue happiness if you're not free. But it's impossible to be free if you're not alive. The right above all rights given to every individual from the hand of the Creator that the government was instituted to secure that right, the right above all rights is the right to life. And you tell me that you would that you would fight for the right to liberty if you had been born in, a, in an earlier era? You don't have the guts to stand up when the right above all rights in our own day is right in our midst. And so, uh, you know, uh, I believe that uh, uh, Joe, you and me, and and even there, Max, um, we were born for this time. And there's something that God wants us to do in this time with the information that that, that, that we know, the gifts that he has given to us, and, and um, um, you know, the, the resources that we have at our disposal. We were born for this time. So I actually think that, um god was like hey listen who wants to go down there and mess with a bunch of stuff and there's going to be a lot of bullies and a lot of evil and i was like i'm in <laughs> Count me sign in. me up <laughs> send me let's go yeah, yeah and then because of that he gave me all these things that i had to overcome in my life and it was like hey look i'm going to make it really difficult for you i want to make sure you're actually okay with this and you're prepared for it so i'm going to screw up your entire life over and over and over again. At the same time that I'm screwing it up, if you maintain and stay on this path, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna bless you beyond all comprehension. I'm gonna make it so that, hey, yeah, it's stressful, and yeah, you work hard, and yeah, you're, you're driven towards things, and yeah, sometimes the, the thing, the, the drive towards success will be so great that you'll miss things, and then you'll be, learn lessons from it. I believe all those things are true. But I still be believe that he was like, I have the, I have the ultimate problem coming up. It's going to be right before the second coming. It's going to be between the end times. Who wants to go? And I was like, hello. <laughs> Send me in, coach. <laughs> I think we all did. Yeah. I think we all sat around and was like, hey, yo. I, we probably all knew each other. And when the veil was lifted and when we're back in, in front of Jesus, here's what I think is going to happen. I'm going to be like, what's up, Max? <laughs> hey, that was fun, huh? And we're going to know all this. And I'll be like, man, what's up? Hey, remember that show we did? Yeah, oh, it was yeah. amazing. It was an yeah. amazing show. And then uh, all the other stuff that I did, God's going to be like, remember when, remember when you did when you were 16? Remember what you did here? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't yeah. remember that. Man, the veil is there still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scratch that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, 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 you know, oh, go ahead, Max. I'm sorry. You mentioned the, the bit about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. You can't have a pursuit of happiness if you don't have your life and your liberty. 
Um, I know as a as a student of political science, you know that that wasn't the original term. You go back to John Locke and it was life, liberty, property. And, and Jefferson inserted pursuit of happiness because that's all that's a Greco-Roman concept that, that your pursuit of happiness is not a, a government. It's not tied to government. It, it's more of like a civically minded pursuing moderation, pursuing justice. Um, it, it's it's more of a the good. Right. Th than just um, the way liberals like to say it now, oh, if it feels good, we're allowed to do it. Um, that, that's always struck me because it's, it's obviously it's a last minute addition to the, the, the Declaration of Independence. Um, but it's very important because it, it's not just that you're, you have the right to be happy and that and the government can't stop you from being happy. Right. It, it's not like that. It, it's it's more of you have to have courage. You have to have moderation. You have to pursue justice and you have to pursue happiness in the right way. That's that. That's right. And, and, and of course, the you know the founders, because of the heavy fluence of Christianity, and let let let's be again. We talked about truth and honesty. That that when America was founded, not every single person in the thirteen colonies was a Christian. Okay, uh, we we just need to state that honestly. However, after nineteen centuries of influence of actually that particular time, you know, seventeen centuries of eighteen uh, um, uh, centuries of Christian influence in the thinking of the minds of the people in Europe that came to the United States, that um, uh, that it was that heavy influence of Christianity that caused the framers to a state. The Declaration of Independence, because the the, death, the, the Declaration of Independence really is the founding of, uh, and and you may have uh, picked this up, Max, in your political science training, but but the Declaration of Independence is the founding of the American culture, where the Constitution is the founding of the American mm -hmm. government. The Constitution was put in place to secure those things that were enunciated and proclaim to the watching world in the Declaration of Independence. And, and I tell people, you know, uh, you know the, the statement, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and I'm not going to quote the whole right now, but 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 the point is that that is a faith statement. And I'm going to use, and I want, I want to make sure that the, that the viewers and the listeners uh, um, hear me real clearly on this is that when I use the word faith and I use the word belief, I use it as it appears in the Greek New Testament, okay? Because it is the progressives who have redefined faith to mean a leap of faith, of complete irrationality, and, and they treat the word belief the same way. The Greek word that is used in the New Testament is a word that means persuaded, Okay, so the so when the when when we say that we are we, that we believe in God, we are persuaded that that the truth of the Scripture is the accurate reading of the reality in which we live. We are fully persuaded. This is not a, this is not a a irrational leap of intellectual suicide. That there that that there is a a the most reasonable thing that I can do is to be a Christian. The most reasonable thing that I can do, given all alternatives and everything that the human race combinedly knows, that 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 it would it would be an act of intellectual suicide to turn my back on Jesus. And and yeah. so that so now the question is who are the real rationalists? Well, the people who think that faith is an irrational leap. The people who want to tell us that God doesn't exist, okay? Yeah. 
And that's got to be a miserable existence. Honestly. Oh, oh, it is. It 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 and, it, it and, is. And I tell people all the time. <laughs> I go, look, life is a bit as a test. It's a test of character. It's a test of spirit. Right. We know that we have a soul, right, and our soul just guides us. And so we have a test of our soul. So life is either a test or it's someone's idea of a sick joke because we go through a lot of stuff as people. A lot of stuff that's junk in the trunk that we, we stick back there. A lot of bad things that have happened in our lives. I like that term. Right? <laughs> and so if, if we look at it that way, then it, you have to make a choice. And I, I remember I was speaking. I even spoke last night. And I said, listen, I, I, know, I know that God exists. I know that he's here. I know that Jesus died on a cross so that we could have everlasting life. I know that that's a fact. I know that. But I said, but if you don't believe it, I'm going to just ask you to do one thing hedge your bets. <laughs> and what I, what, I know it's a hard thing to say, but hedge your bets. Hedge your bets because frankly, believing in nothingness, believing in turning into worm food and that none of this matters is one of the reasons why we've lost purpose. We've let evil sleep in. It's, it's why you see Satanism and all these other things you know, permeate our society at, at a rate that frankly is scary. Scary. Yeah. Scary what I've seen. Yeah. There's someone yeah. that asked a question, Max. I don't know if you're seeing it. Um, Maggie said, uh, fabulous show today, guys. Could you please ask Mr. Redmond to address the issue of detractors who always bring up the issue of separation of church and state, which is incorrect and always misconstrued? Thank you. Want to take a shot at that? Sure, sure. And, 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 and with, uh, uh, with, with all humility, I want to, I, I want to uh, uh, not detract, but uh, there are excellent resources out there for Maggie and others. Uh, any of David Barton's work? Oh, um, Dave Barton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave Barton. Uh, uh, Dave, Dave's a good friend. We've done a lot of stuff together in the past. And, and uh, there are resources. So go to David Barton's website uh, or go to Alliance uh, Defending Freedom uh, out of Phoenix. Uh, uh, Michael Ferris, who used to be the attorney for um, and one of the founders for the Homeschool Legal Defense, that that they have everything that you need to learn, to study, to outline, to memorize, so that you can be fully equipped to engage when that argue when that argument comes up. And yeah. and and of course there there's there's there there's the whole the, the whole historical side. And 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 of course the detractors are going to say, well, you know, uh, they say, well we can't have God in government. My result is uh too late. He was there at the beginning. You know, his exist his existence, his existence is the basis upon which our government and our culture yeah. rests. And and so so it's like, you know, you you were born too late. You can't get God out. Okay, um, and and one of the things we say in the training is that you know uh, we 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 tell folks we said, okay, well uh, the the Declaration of Independence is the most important document of American culture. I love the Constitution; I'm a strict constitutionalist. But the Constitution is the result of the Declaration of Independence, so right. it couldn't be there if the if the face statement wasn't right. wasn't laid down. Right. And so and so the the the, the Declaration of Independence, uh, uh, you know, is the um, is is the face statement and 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 I tell folks I said that well if this is the most important document of American culture what's the most important sentence well we already talked about the most important sentence we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal if they're in doubt and then I say okay well what's most important word and and my students when I teach the class uh, they'll say oh liberty or life equality I go uh, uh, no uh, and no and and no uh, the most important word of the most important document of the most powerful nation that ever existed is the word creator. 
Endowed by the Creator. Yeah. If you pull the word creator out of the Declaration of Independence, it's sheer nonsense. And and yeah. we, we'd be foolish to actually not recognize that all of the success we've had up to this point in the last 250 years as a nation, all the blessings that we've had, the fact that our land's been blessed with immense amount of resources, that people have been blessed, that many of the of the uh, inventions have come out of our country. A lot of the the reason why World War II was ended, uh, tragically in some in some ways, but not in others. The fact that our race to get the atomic bomb had Hitler gotten the atomic bomb before we did, and there's some great books out there that actually talk about that. Yep. We would have a totally different society today than we do today, right? Absolutely. Now the unfortunate yeah. part is we dropped those atomic bombs. But the reality of it is we've been blessed for 250 years as a result of our centering our life, our society, our environment on the ethos of faith, on the ethos of, of moral and ethical character. And you're yeah. seeing the degradation of our society today when we, when we veer from that, when they try to get rid of taking God out of, out of, our, out of our society. And so it, it's hard to look at it and go, Hey, listen, it's all caused because you took God out of your society. You stopped being accountable. You stopped having integrity. You stopped praying and thanking God for all the blessings that you have. You let ineffectual leadership enter your church. You, you, you created these environments where you let them become legalistic, mm -hmm. right? And justify and create a, this slippery slope that we have over the last 50 years. And frankly, I believe more now than ever, I'm telling you this now, more now than ever, that the left is an instrument of the devil. It just is. Say what you want. I well, think that there's some some liberals yeah. that are good people that are traditional classical liberals. They'd actually be considered conservative today, <laughs> right? But I think that the the radical left they they literally are evil. Right. Right. Yeah. If the if, if the most important word creator, I'd say the second most important word probably self evident. If we're gonna do a hyphenated, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Maybe maybe these truths it's it's a it's a tie between truths and self-evident because it's it's like they were saying this this goes without saying. We shouldn't even need to put this to paper, but we're going to put it to paper anyway. And thank God they they ratified the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments, because if they didn't, they would have left it with just being it self-evident. You have the right to life and liberty. That's just self-evident. We all understand it. Right. But thank God the founders had the foresight to understand that that other people might come down the road and want to take away these rights. We can't just say they go without saying. We can't just say they're self-evident. We have to enshrine these specific rights in the Constitution later. Um, so that that's probably, that would be my second most important word, self-evident. That's right. That's right. And, 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 and Mag Maggie, one one thing that is key, I would also pick up a copy of, uh, it's a very small copy. Uh, it's a, a book by Francis Schaeffer called The Mark of a Christian, because one, one of your responsibilities and my responsibilities and everybody else that's listening here is to love our neighbor. And in that relationship, you can present the information that you're learning from David Barton and Michael Ferris and, 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 and other resources that, that, uh, uh, we're not going to turn this around unless we are able to persuade people away from the idolatry in which they're in, in, in which they're participating. Um, if we think that we're going to accomplish it only at the ballot box, uh, we're, we're, we're fooling ourselves. That's why we need to understand the times, you know, in, in order uh, to know what to do. You know, the sons of Issachar, you know, people, people, you know, praise them, you know, uh, because they understood the times, but they also knew what to do. And all too often, 
we have people today that uh, they understand uh, understand the times, but they're not doing anything. And then we have other people that are doing things and they don't understand the times. And part of the reason that we put this course together is we want to bring an understanding of the times and knowing what to do together in one place so that we can begin to take the action that's required to turn it around. And, and, and because uh, people that are opposed to us politically and also religiously, that it's not just us, we're, we're the messengers. And, and they're, they're opposed to Christ. And our job is to be persuading them to the best that we can. And if and when the behavior goes beyond that, then that's the time that, uh, as Max stated earlier, is that we have an obligation to take corrective action and to reestablish yeah. a government that will go ahead and secure for the individuals uh, that which came from the hand of God. And, and, if, we, and if we don't, I know we have to take a break now. We'll probably yeah. take a break on that. Um, go ahead, Max. Yeah, so everyone, people are asking, where's the court? Where, how can they get to the course? We're going to cover in the second hour different parts of the course. Pick Bill's brain about some of the the impediments to running for office that might be a little bit more higher up than the course. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to take the course. I have a lot of questions about some of the, the roadblocks to running for office. Uh, but that the way you get to that is www.runforoffice.training forward slash CD. And I posted links in the comment sections. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to hold Bill over for the second hour and we're going to do a deeper dive into how to run for office. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the other side of this quick break. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 